Hi everyone, welcome to episode 127 of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast, presented by Overdrive. This is Adam and Jill today. Jill, how are you doing? I'm good, how are you? I'm good, we're in the same room again, so that we makes are. me happy. Um, are your allergies terrible? Not anymore. They were for a while, though. Yeah, yeah. And this remember that whole time I was sneezing, right? Yeah, on the that's podcast. Right. Yeah, um, I don't know if anyone were if where people are listening out there if their area has, is bad, but right now, regional weather talk coming back. Um, right now in Cleveland, it, it's really muggy and awful, and the, Ugh, it's the worst. allergies for me, like I feel like I sounded when I didn't have a voice, but I'm not sick. I just can't stop sneezing and coughing. So yeah, anyway, I was just curious because I I. Had to pay attention to it until we were talking in a microphone just now. Not anymore, but so. a couple weeks ago, yeah, yeah, it was bad. Anyway, um, so I had a, a cool idea for this episode that I think you did. people will like. Um, if you've downloaded this and you're listening already, you'll have seen that the part of the title is called Wonder Women. So Wonder Woman is like the biggest thing in the world right now, which I'm totally here for. I'm excited to see it. Oh, it's really good. Is it? Mm-hmm. My wife and I. So Alex, my wife, who is a tall brunette kind of looks like Wonder oh, Woman. Oh, she does kind of look like Wonder Woman. A little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, she's, like, r- was born and raised on Wonder Woman, and so when it first came out, we were in New York City, and then she was traveling last weekend, so we haven't gotten to see it yet, but Friday after this comes out is her birthday, so uh, that works out perfectly for us. There you go. So we're going to go see it, so I'm excited as well, but along those lines, I figured since Wonder Woman is a badass woman, we could talk about some of our favorite badass women writers. Yes. And because everyone likes to um, comment and talk about lists, we're making a top ten list. <laughs> we are. So that that is definitely... This is like our personal top ten this list. This is our so. personal top ten list. So in advance, I'm just going to tell everyone, send us emails about the authors that we left out. I do want to point out, um, I think all the ones on this list are authors who are alive and still writing, yes, I believe. Yes, yeah. are. So um, if you send us an email and you're like, what about Agatha Christie? Like, Yes. I agree. Or like, yeah. what about you know Jane Austen? Like, yeah, they were also badasses. But Agatha Christie passed away, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. You, you gave me a look at first, and I was like, No, I'm. I, yes, she did. Okay. Anyway, this is our <laughs> list. I want to know everyone else's, but anytime someone see, honestly, like anytime you see like top ten something somethings, you're more likely to click on it. So hopefully, people will do that. <laughs> uh... And if people want to get a hold of us after this one, which I'm guessing they will. How can they do that? They can find us on Twitter at ProBookNerds and also email us directly at ProfessionalBookNerds at Overdrive.com. Yes. Okay. So we've got 10 of them here. We're going to go back and forth in this list that we made. Um, they're not all people that have been on our podcast, but a few of them have been. I tried not to make them just... I guess that's true. Some of them have been. Yeah. Um, I tried not to make them just people who have been on the podcast because I didn't want to be like, these are the 10 women we think are the most badass because we've gotten to talk to them. Right. So um, so number 10 on the list is I, this idea came up from Wonder Woman, so I thought of Lee Bardugo. And the reason being, so first off, she routinely writes really incredibly strong women uh, and diverse characters, both male and female. Uh, she wrote the crazy popular Grishaverse novel. So she has Six of Crows, which is two books, and then the Grisha trilogy, and she openly talks about how in her, she had a really tough childhood um, emotionally, and so she would use fantasy books as an escape, and she offers up writing advice on her website for people, and she was actually what inspired me to come up with this list because in August, she has a Wonder Woman book coming out called Warbringer. So 
the book itself is a coming of age story for Diana from how she became uh, a, how she went from being a princess of the Amazons to actually being Wonder Woman. So super excited about that. Um, but she was the reason that I thought of this list. And because of that, I figured I would put her number 10. No, that's a good reason. Thank you. That's a good Thank reason. Um, my number nine is actually our current uh, Big Library Read author, Marie Benedict. Um, for those who we talked, we had interviewed her for the Big Library Read a couple weeks ago. It came out the episode. But for those who don't know, Big Library Read is our uh, global ebook club, mm-hmm. Overdrives. And so um, 20,000 libraries yeah, 20, are participating libraries. in this one um, where you can go get her book without any weights and read it and there's discussions and that's all sorts of fun stuff. Um, anyway, the book this time is called The Other Einstein and it is about Einstein's um, first wife and her um, influence on on Einstein and the theory of relativity and, and just sort of all of that. And so she's on this list um, because of she her books kind of examine the women behind the men. I think is a safe way to put it. Yeah. Um. Because her next book that is coming out is see if I can do this properly. Carnegie's Maid. I think she taught us this whole thing about yep. how to properly pronounce Carnegie. I think that's right. Um. Which is about um his maid and and sort of you know influence there on on the man and mm-hmm. all that stuff. So I just sort of like the idea of kind of examining women who've perhaps been forgotten by history yeah. and the the impact and the influence they've had on um the men who are more well known. Yeah. So and I she told us in the very first interview I did with her that this is like kind of her her thing. She's going to keep doing this. So Right. So I'm sort of I'm excited to see uh what other stories she tells. Right? Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, number eight is Victoria Aviard. Aviard? I think it's Aviard. I've never heard anyone say her name out loud, so I think it's Aviard. But uh, so this one may be a little bit outside of the box when people think of traditional like uh, women that are like outspoken in um, society and things like that. But Victoria is an author that she's crazy popular. She wrote the Red Queen series, which was a number one New York Times bestseller. Um, she. It, she follows this kind of awesome trend that's been going on in YA for the last, I think, like over a decade now, basically having these strong female lead characters. So I kind of think of it first as like Hunger Games and Divergent, mm-hmm. one of the first ones I really, really remember. Um, but she also has one of these. I am aware of her because she her books are a big, uh, big series in my wife's life. She has read all of them. Uh, there's magic, there's fantasy kings, princesses, princes, knights, all that good stuff. But the reason I put on the list is uh, you should go check out her Twitter account. She's incredibly outspoken. Uh, she shares all of her thoughts on politics, and she's frequently calling out people who are being like sexist or awful to her on Twitter, like showing basically what female authors go through very often. Um, and she's just one of my favorite followers on, follows on Twitter. And in addition to raising issues about politics and society, things like that. She also uses her large platform to boost up other lesser-known authors Mm -hmm. and debut authors, which is the thing that a lot of YA authors do, which I completely love. The YA author community is one of my favorite things, and and she's a really big part of it. So I love seeing someone who isn't afraid to to speak their mind, and like she doesn't 
worry about will her views affect her sales or anything like that. And then not only does she do that, but also giving shout outs to amazing authors that she's excited about makes me really happy. So my next one is actually Janet Mock. Okay. She is a trans woman activist who has written two books. Um, the first one is Redefining Realness, My Path to Womanhood, Identity, Love, and So Much More. And then she has one coming out soon called Surpassing Certainty, What My 20s Taught Me. Um, it comes out... Oh, wait. Actually, I think it just came out this week. So, nice. Fun fact. Um, so, you know, she is this... If you don't know Janet Mock, I highly recommend you look her up. Um, she's just incredibly important as an advocate and um an icon for trans women and trans um individuals in general but as a trans woman herself that's sort of what she focuses on and and so she just sort of has been um featured in a lot of uh magazines and um i just think as someone who represents that part of womanhood it's important to identify her as as mm-hmm. a wonder woman yeah herself too nice um before any further i should point out in the show notes what i'm going to do is make this i'll have this list in the show notes and i'll just link each author to their pages on overdrive.com because we're not really focusing on a specific one book on any of these people um so if you click on the names in the show notes you'll see all the books that we have available from those authors so didn't want to get to the end of the list and have people looking through especially because the next one on my list is hard to spell. Uh, Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. I think I got it right that time. I think you got it right that time. Nailed it. All right. We've talked about Chimamanda a a few times in the past, but she writes about uh, racial identity in society and does so really like few other people in the world are. Uh, Her book, her most recent book, Americana, offers this awesome view of Nigeria, which is a place that... um, a lot of writers and a lot of people in the world have never really visited, and so I think when people think of Nigeria, they probably don't know what is how much the country has to offer and how incredible of a place it is. So she not only provides insight into African culture and literature, but she also writes about the awful experiences that immigrants in America experience, especially Nigerian immigrants. Uh, she's not afraid to shine a light on, on sexual abuse and, and racism, but she also is able to provide brevity her book is really funny um there's a lot of humor that she shares when it comes to both america and nigeria and um we talk a lot about diverse novels and authors but i think there's a stigma around you know we're not shy about we are both white and so i think there's a like a stigma around african literature where Mm -hmm. people who are white readers they they think maybe that that's not like it's not a book they should pick up or they're supposed to and um, that's bothered me for a long time, and I think this is a good gateway. I think to Amanda's novels are a nice way to get introduced to this awesome cross-section of books and the whole culture that you might not be aware of. So um, I said I would start with Americana, but really read anything by her. Um, so that's that's number six. Okay. Number five, uh, shocking, not shocked, because I've talked about her book many times, even when I was on NPR. Just got to throw that out there. Um, <laughs> Lindy West. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Um, for those who don't know, this was um, my favorite book. Her book, Shrill, was my favorite book to come out in all of last year, 2016. <clears throat> she is just so relatable and funny. And she she talks about a wide variety of topics 
um, just, you know, body positivity. And there's also this whole thing with a troll she had. She gets, she like quit Twitter because it got so bad recently. Um, but she's not afraid to be outspoken and be herself. And I think it's something that all of us should ascribe to and, Mm -hmm. and challenge ourselves to kind of take on for ourselves. Yeah. Speaking of shocking, not shocked, number four, uh, Marie Niekamp. So we've talked about her a lot. I am not shy about how much I love her. Uh, I've probably talked about her like a hundred times in this podcast <laughs> of the 165 or however, however many, 126 episodes we've done, whatever it is. Um, she's been on the podcast twice, uh, but the reason I want to talk about her is I just finished reading an advanced copy of her next book before I let go. How was I, it? I can't stop thinking about it. Okay. I can't. I couldn't stop crying. I have to borrow I, that copy. Yeah, I. You do have to borrow it. It's so. It's beautiful, and she just has a, a like. She's a unique talent. Like mm-hmm. people can write books that you can love, and then someone else will write another book, and you just go, "Oh my God, this person is a different type of human being," and she is. So her first book, this is where it ends. In case you're somehow not aware of it yet and listening to our podcast, um, she tackles a school shooting and she does so in a way it's an American school shooting and she's from the Netherlands and so she's from the outside looking in but she writes it for through the people who are actually there um, and it's something where it was her debut novel and she chose to write, to write a realistic book about a school shooting and when it first came out there were actually people around her office when I told them about it they're like well I don't know that I can read that and there are lots of people that are like well I'm not going to read that book. Well, it just spent 53 straight weeks on the New York Times bestsellers mm-hmm. list, so I think people are getting how important the message is. And in both, this is where it ends, and then Before I Let Go, which is her next novel, which comes out in January, she openly discusses tragedy and death in from a YA perspective, so makes it approachable for really readers of all ages. And she doesn't shy away from things uh, like tough topics. She is an openly queer, disabled author, and so she's able... she shines a light on these characters that are well-rounded and she lets people see characters from different backgrounds and as someone who she's struggled with illness and and potential death all of her life um, and survived she writes about death openly and honestly but it's also like she does so in a way that's inspiring too Mm -hmm. and it's it's a line that feels impossible to to walk and she finds a way to do it so yeah, I will always talk about her because I want everyone in the world to read her books. So, also sorry that her second one doesn't come out till January, everyone else. That's okay. Worth the wait. See if your library has it. You can put it on hold, possibly. Yes. Um, so, number three. Oh, my God, I'm so excited for this one because I get to see her <laughs> on Friday. Um, it's Roxanne Gay. Um, she, we have talked about her many times, but if you have not read her books, I highly recommend it. She is the author of the essays in Bad Feminist. She has also written fiction with an untamed state. Her latest one is Hunger, which just came out this week as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a memoir. It's, uh, it's Hunger, a memoir of my body. Um, and I've read it and it's just... Yeah. It, <laughs> there's like no words. And I mean, if, if you follow Roxanne Gay or if... Um, you know who she is, you know, this is sort of something she has struggled with, um, and sort of her relationship with her body. And it's just like, it's one of those books where I would read an essay and have to stop and Mm -hmm. put it down and come back because they are so, it's just like a 
punched in the gut. Like a lot of her essays are um, when she talks about experiences that she has had. Um, so just the way she is not afraid to talk about difficult topics that people are afraid to talk about. She is just like, whatever. Like, this is what I need to talk about. This is what I need to say. And I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I get to go see her speak on Friday. And I'm so excited. It's in Ann Arbor. It is in Ann Arbor. Yeah. So I will be in Ann Arbor That's Friday awesome. night. Yeah. I'm very excited. Uh, so my next one, number two on our list, is Zadie Smith. Uh, so Zadie is an author who's constantly brought up as everyone's like she's one of the defining voices in regards to race relations and class tension and issues like post-colonial identity and rightfully so she's awesome at all that thing all those things but uh, I think a lot of times female authors or authors of color or authors who fit into some kind of subgenre everyone's like oh they're the best type of author for this subgenre no Zadie Smith is just one of the best authors I love Zadie. She's just, uh. Yeah, she's incredible. It doesn't matter that she isn't, you know, she's an African woman. She could be the most white male in the world. And if she wrote the books she wrote, she would would just be considered one of the greatest authors in Mm -hmm. the world. So that's what I want people to think about when they think of Zadie Smith is she's just an incredible writer. Uh, So she speaks about, like I said, race relations and all those things very frequently. But I also, I, I just... I think people need to read her books because of how incredibly wonderful they are. Um, Her first book, White Teeth, uh, Time Magazine called it basically one of the best English language novels in the past hundred years. Like, just full stop. Uh, She's a member of the Royal Society of Literature, and she's taught at NYU, won a bunch of major awards, and just, I would recommend starting with White Teeth, because that's her first one, and it's the one that most people know, but um, her most recent one, Swing, Swing Time, Swing Time it was really good. Uh, came out last year to rave reviews as well. So yeah. I listened to the audiobook of Swing Time. It's a it's a good narrator, so yep. audiobooks are more your thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the audiobook of Swing Time is really good. Nice. That makes me very happy. So, number one, I'm going to kind of... The floor is yours, Joe. <laughs> I know this is not going to be like super shocking given our topic, but um, I, I think to f- to really understand why when we sort of first came up with this, our number one pick was kind of a given. And I think for people to understand why you have to sort of understand the cultural impact she has had. So we live in Ohio. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you have seen what happened at the state house the other day. I did. Adam. Yes. Okay. So for those who have not seen what happened at the Ohio State House, um, there was a bill related to women's rights. Um, and in protest of the bill, women showed up at the Ohio State House in red robes and white bonnet type things. Mm-hmm. And um, they showed up as handmaids. Yes. From the... Margaret Atwood is a handmaid's tale in protest of this particular bill. This is not the first time <laughs> such a thing has happened. Right. Like they were at South by Southwest, I think. There yes, were handmaids were. walking around because of the TV show. Um, and so with the TV show, The Handmaid's Tale, just the Margaret Atwood, I mean, just the cultural impact she has had mm-hmm. with this book that is 30 years old. Um is just incredible and it's something that you know people are still reading it it's still libraries have ridiculous holds for the book um 
it was on the Amazon bestseller list. Like all of a sudden, it was after the one, beginning, I think. yeah, like at the beginning of the year, this thirty-year-old book just suddenly—I mean, that people had read for school or for whatever reason—but now everyone is reading it and is very well aware of it. Um, and so, yeah, when it comes to Wonder Woman writers and advocating for women and getting messages out there, Margaret Atwood for. Like most of her books, but in particular right now, mm-hmm. The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. Um, she's our number one. Yes, she is. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, I just, there are so many amazing, wonderful women that we didn't put on this list. We tried to make it varied in the types of books that they write um, and the things that they talk about. Another a special mention, although in all reality, she could also be number one next to Margaret Atwood would be Toni Morrison. Oh, I almost put her on my list, I, too. Yeah. It was a struggle. So it here's was a hard thing. one. I, when I was making my list, I did a bunch of research on other lists that were kind of like this, and she was on every single one of them. And so my thought process was, if people are reading strong, powerful, amazing women and their, their books... Yes, they probably are reading Margaret Atwood, but they probably are also reading Toni Morrison. Right. But I didn't want to let this go without talking about Toni Morrison, especially because she's from my hometown in Lorraine, Ohio. She is indeed. Um, but yeah, I, so there. this may have come off as a little preachy, but and honestly, I, I think a lot of our listeners are probably on board with our message here. But just in case, like I said, these are just 10 of our favorite women that I hope you'll discover and, and look into. Yeah, there's a lot more that... Right. We could have. We could have put on. This could have been a 50 women list, but. Maybe we'll do that next March for Women's History Month. There you go. Yeah. This was, this was something where I came up with Sunday and we're recording on a Wednesday. So we didn't have all the time in the world to make a a top 100 list. Right. These are our 10 and hopefully it will spark a conversation and hopefully we'll get a lot of ranty emails telling us how many people we forgot, which I'm okay with. I want to see those and maybe we'll read some of those. Yes. Joe you guys can't see Joe, but she looked like she had a thought. I did have a thought, but I will share it after we stop recording. Okay, cool. Gotcha. <laughs> um, awesome. So, yeah, th- that's that's our list. Um, I hope you guys check out all, the, all their books and it, follow them all on social media and go to their websites. A lot of them have just great links to important articles and, and advice and things like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Get anything else from you? I don't think so. Cool. All right. Well... I'm looking forward to seeing Wonder Woman this weekend. And it was good. It's good I, stuff. I'm so excited. Batgirl's coming up too soon, eventually, which I'm very pumped about. Oh, not like anytime in the near future, but oh, it's like, been, it's in works. Okay, it's the Batgirl like, movie. It's like when did that happen? No, when not anytime oh. soon, but it's in the works. Awesome. Um, so yeah, I, I'm excited for everything we've got coming up for you guys. Jill and I in a week we'll be going to ALA in Chicago to do some amazing interviews that we'll talk about more. Probably after the fact. Yes. Um, Yeah. Okay. Well, check out the show notes. Tweet at us. Send us messages via email. Um, Let us know your favorite women writers. And good? Yeah. Okay. All right. I hope you guys all enjoyed this episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, 
we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.